welcome everyone here this morning to church should be open with fortitude. Sitting there for some reason, this psalm came on my mind. It's a little longer than I would usually read, but I will read the 139th psalm. O Lord, thou hast searched me and know me. Thou knowest my down sittings and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before. Thou laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shalt thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the darkness shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, for night shineth as the day, and darkness as the light are both alike unto thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, that, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance is not hid from thee. 
When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Shall we humble our hearts in a word of prayer? Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that we can gather around your word. Thank you that we can do it in freedom and openness. We ask that you would be with those who lead our nation and our community that we could continue to do this. We ask that you would lead and guide our country and our community, that your will would be accomplished and that hearts would be drawn to that knowledge of salvation. We ask this morning that your spirit would be with us in power, that it would open this word to the speaker that it would give him strength and understanding, and that we as listeners would be given attentive hearts, and that we could hear that word, and that it could uplift us, and lead us, and guide us, encourage us. We ask that you would give us faith that we could walk, that these little ones that you have blessed us with, that you would give us wisdom to be and act, that they would be given that understanding of the importance of salvation and of Christ, and that you would give us patience and wisdom in our actions towards them. We ask that those this morning who cannot gather around your word, that you would be with them, that you would put that understanding that you know and care, and that you are there with them. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who's taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Shall we continue with 
nice to see everybody out this morning. I just commenting to Beth on the way over that in a week we went, we went from 40 below to 45 above Fahrenheit. It's kind of unbelievable. Good to see everybody here. And as Shane has mentioned in his prayer that pray for the speaker. He said a few words yesterday at our meeting about speaking and it's that way that we're flesh and blood up here. But I think one of, <coughs> one of the mysteries of God and of the scriptures are that that he can give us words of eternal life to each of us can can grasp and hold on to and it doesn't it doesn't come from some heavenly creature but it comes from those of us that struggle as as even this last song we sang speaks of reaching heaven's shore and the, and the battle and the struggle that goes on but it's worth it for our text this morning I'll read from the fourth chapter of first Peter first first 11 verses that's first Peter chapter 4 verses 1 to 11 reading these words in Jesus name for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For, the, for he that have su- had, hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excessive wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot speaking evil of you who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead for for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead that they might be judged according to men in the flesh but live according to God in the spirit but the end of all things is at hand be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging, as as every man hath received a gift, gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, be multiplied unto each one gathered here this morning, now and forever. Amen. I was looking at something to take for a text and and uh, first of all I was trying to I was looking at this I believe it's the 12th chapter of Hebrews how it starts off Well, this first verse that I read, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. In the the 12th chapter of Hebrews, the first couple of verses says very much the same thing, but maybe, maybe explains it a little more, in a little more depth. It says, Wherefore, seeing We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
it, it comes to me that I guess we all know that but when when a person passes from this life the spirit doesn't die the body dies it says here how how Christ died in the flesh but the spirit does not die and we know that I believe it's way back in Ecclesiastes where it says that that the body dies but the spirit is it moves on and it goes on to God who gave it it says that Christ suffered for us in the flesh here it says that looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of God of the throne of God and and sometimes I have that thought and I, I know the answer but being being what we are we have these ideas and thoughts and we wonder Christ entering into well going from the last supper into the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples and praying and it says that he became very sorrowful and heavy in spirit and we wonder we might wonder what was the joy that was set before him at that point well he he knew the big picture he knew the he knew that and I, and I, I think we can put ourselves or try try to put ourselves in in his place in the garden of gethsemane and and what he was facing and he prays three times that god would take this from him that cup of the bitterness and the wrath of god over our sins we 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 know that he's god, jesus is was god and man and we knew know that he he was going to go through with this but it was it was so much for him that it says that he, his his perspiration was was as it were great drops of blood it says here Christ has suffered for us in the flesh this is this is what it's talking about him him in the garden of gethsemane and him going through the punishment for sin that would normally be ours it says we would arm ourselves with this this is talking about about our our day-to-day christian walk and how we prepare ourselves we might say each day or each moment for those things that that we're going to face that day here in the first epistle of john it speaks it speaks of of Jesus that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness we lie and do not the truth but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanseth us from all sin that that is true and living fellowship when we discuss these things and hold dear to these things and and take these things into our hearts and our, our lives here it says if, if if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves we can't be walking in the light and, and, and discussing how Jesus died for our sins and say that well then I don't have any sin people say that apparently it says if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us it sounds it sounds so hard and so harsh if you say that you have no sin the truth is not in you it just simply is not there but it says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness 
If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We always want to remain in that place where I think of the third chapter of Revelations there where the the people say that they they're rich and they're I don't know, I'd have to read it, maybe I should. They don't have any problems in life. It talks about being being lukewarm. You're neither cold nor hot. We don't want to be in that in that state. It says, So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich. These people have it figured out. I'm rich. I'm I'm doing okay. And increased with good goods and have need of nothing. But it says they know us not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. They're not aware of that. They are that, but they're not aware of that. Remember the ones that were invited to the the Great Supper the ones that were invited didn't come. And so the servants were sent out into the streets and the highways and the byways to call the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. It says these people are this. We are all that. But they thought that they are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And the instruction is then, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint anoint thine eyes with salve, that thou mayest see. So we arm ourselves day by day with this. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh... Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Think of what he has done for us. If we have, if we have struggles, I, I don't think I'm the only one that struggles with these things. That sometimes we think, well, where, where is God? Where, where, where is he in this trial I'm going through? These things I'm dealing with. Jesus Christ suffered in the flesh for us. For he has for he that hath suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. We when when the word comes to us and instructs us to put away sin. Thinking of of Peter speaking speaking on the day of Pentecost and, and he basically runs through a quite a bit of history down to down to the time of Jesus coming and what they did with him. And the people said, What shall we do? When when Stephen spoke that sermon, similar sermon about the history of the Israelites, it says they they came on him and they were furious and very angry at what he said. He said almost the same thing as Peter did what they have done to Jesus and they stoned him he lost his life over that sermon he preached so it either turns men away from God or it turns men to God it says it says he that had suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin it's not talking about Jesus because he never had any sin he, he, he took upon himself our sins it's talking about you and I he, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. Our will changes when, when the Holy Spirit enters into our hearts and lives. It, it answers with our spirit that we are the children of God, but it also answers with our, our spirit that we can't deny what we are, that we're sinners. It says here that that we would no longer live in the live the rest of his time or our time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. We would want to walk in the will of God. We would want to 
We would want our will to be changed. This, this natural will we have that will always take us away from God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. This is talking, and, and maybe we don't all fit into this. I'm not even sure where I fit in. Because as a young man and a teenager, I'll, I'll confess, I guess, to say that my, my walk was a kind of a sloppy type of a Christian walk. I've always believed in God and always believed in Jesus and the way of salvation but I took all kinds of liberties and was doing things and living a life at, at times that was not an honor and glory to God maybe maybe we have to test things out I don't know but God has been merciful God was merciful to me brought me through that period of life and you have to find out who you are, I guess. And I don't know. I won't go into that too much, but we put away sin. We put away those things that we've been in. Being in. And here it speaks of all the things that the flesh loves. I think of the old preacher, John Reekinen, who talked about when he, when he was walking in the ways of this world and back in his single days and he had this group of buddies he was spending time with and, and they were not walking a Christian walk at all, gambling and drinking and things. And this would have probably go back if, if uh, my mind serves me right, maybe to the 1920s or 30s and probably more like the 20s. But... He was living the good life, so to speak. He was walking in some of these things. Here it says, it lists them off. Lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. His, his mother's words came to him at one point. I think it was during the night. And... Nobody else heard it, and he didn't hear it audibly, but it came to came into his mind that his mother's saying to him that if if you John if John, if you continue in this down walking down that road you're on, you have nothing but damnation to look forward to. He had been raised in a Christian home. He had been enjoying these things that were out there. He and his friends. So as time went on, he he didn't exactly change his lifestyle immediately, but he talked to some of his so-called friends about this, and they they said, as it says in the fourth fourth verse there, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excessive riot. Speaking evil of you. The, he says, my friends told me that, well, he had, he had brought this out to them, that he, he thinks he better change his, his lifestyle and his walk. He's, he's not going down the right road. And they, they explained to them that, well, you're going to lose all your friends. You're going to, you can't have any fun living that way. And he says, later as he came into faith, he realized that these so-called friends he had were he said it in his heavy Finnish accent, a bunch of drunken bums, his friends. They were walking in these things, and he was there too. He came into faith. He realized that he was walking down the wrong road. He put his sins away. He was able to believe and forgive him in the work that Jesus had accomplished. So here, here the world thinks it's strange that we don't walk that way. Wherein they think it's strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. That's, that's the judgment they put on you, and we'll, we'll talk about that right here now. It says, who shall give account to him, who, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? 
the answer to Jesus. He's the one that's re- that, that judges the quick and the dead. For, for for this cause was a gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. We we come we come into two judgments when we aren't walking the way that God would want us to walk. We come into the judgment of the world. They judge us by saying, "This this is when we come into some enlightenment." Says they think it's strange that we run not with them in this in this excess of riot, and they speak evil of you. That's the one judgment. The other judgment is this: that judgment from from the right side, that this lifestyle is not going to work. There will be no blessings. There will be no future. There will be no joy. No love, no life to look forward to. It says, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be adjudged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye sober, be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. We're not supposed to worry about the judgment of the world. But we're supposed to take note of the judgment that comes from above. If I if I was able to find it, Jesus speaks of his upcoming death and resurrection. Bear with me. Sometimes I can't find things I'm looking for. Twelfth chapter of John. Jesus says, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Speaking of his upcoming death and resurrection. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. If, if any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. And here he says, similar to what he said in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, Now, now is my soul troubled, and for what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I under this hour. And he sort of caps it off by saying, God, Father, glorify thy name. There comes a voice from heaven. An eternal message. Saying, I have both glorified it. And I will glorify it again. The Father's name is always glorified. Always will be. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. So depending on the condition of our hearts, if we were in that crowd, one hears thundering coming out of the sky and the other hears the voice of an angel. Jesus says, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. When the battle in heaven took place, it was all evil against all good. And we see that the good one out prevailed, it says. The good prevailed. Now is the judgment of this world. When Jesus overcame wrongdoing, all, all, all that is evil, all that is wrong, the judgment of this, judgment of this world took place. 
Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Jesus won that battle over all wrongdoing. This world comes under judgment. Evil comes under judgment. It says here, For for this cause was the gospel, gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. We want to pass through that proper judgment, not, not the judgment of men saying that <clears throat> if we walk a Christian walk, we're going to lose all our good old friends and our good old hilarious lifestyle we've been living. We want to be judged by this word. And that which is right. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. We, we don't find these things out in the world. We don't find the soberness and the charity and the, and the thinking of others that we find in the living church. We, we find that... And, and it's, it seems to be so prevalent these days, me first attitude and spirit that as long as I'm looked after, then, then I'm okay. Everything's okay. No, we're supposed to think of others. It says charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Charity is that, is that product of love. The product that what, what comes forth from, from us holding one another in love. The fruits of that. That's what charity is. It says charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one toward another without grudging. In the, in the me first world, we don't use hospitality. Or, if, or it says even if we have or use hospitality a bit, don't do it grudgingly. Which, which is a, a product of... of the qualities of this flesh and our, our carnal thinking. As every man hath received a gift, even so minister the same one to another. Well, I read that in, in Hebrews 12. How we are to lay aside the weight and the sin that thus so easily beset us. We offer that to others too then. That's what it's saying. Yes, every man hath received the gift, gift even so minister same, the same to one another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. As I mentioned before, Shane said a few words about getting up here and speaking and I have struggled with this ever since the first day I was ever asked to speak that am I an oracle of God if we if we prophesy as the word speaks and speak of Jesus that's what it is that's what the prophesying is speaking of Jesus speaking of the way of salvation Preaching which Jesus says, repent and believe. On the, and that, <clears throat> that was, I, was, I was saying about Peter there on the day of Pentecost. And these people were pricked in their hearts that they've, they have put Jesus on the cross. What can we do? He says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And this, I believe, speaks of the baptism of Jesus Christ where he baptizes with power and with authority and with, with fire as, as the word tells us come, in, come into this realm and you'll be in a good place speak as, if any man speak let him speak as the oracles of God if any man minister let him do it as of the ability which God giveth God gives 
each one a different ability, different talents, maybe different understandings, but it all focuses on bringing us and us coming to Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. It says that in, that God in all things, I mentioned there earlier how God's name is, is always glorified. It's not glorified in this world. I had the vet out the other day and, and we, we got to talking about, well, first of all, it just, it, it's, it's us Albertans. We're always talking about the weather. So he asked me how I, how I came through that cold snap we had. And, and of course, I said, well, this is global warming. And we got, we got into a bit of a conversation there. And I, I told him, I'm a God-fearing man and I believe it's in, in, in his hands. And he agreed with me. But we have these things that, that distract us and detract us and they don't, they don't give us any hope if we, if we go with the, the world's understanding of what even this cold snap was all about. The world's would have their explanations for it. It doesn't bring us to God. It doesn't turn us toward God. It doesn't glorify God's name. It, it, it tells us that the thinking of the world, and we talked about this, and it, it's, it's such a goofy thing as far as I'm concerned that, that we're, we're all paying our taxes with, with gas, for instance, every time we fill up our car. And we're all doing our, our rightful and good thing to, to save the planet. Vet and I were talking about these things. It was actually a little bit comical, but anyway. These things don't turn us to God, these, these subjects. If, if we go for them, it's good to talk about them because the whole world is going after these things and they're going to save the planet. We're supposed to talk about here, it says that, it, that, that God in all things will be glorified. We know that Jesus says that, that heaven is his throne. He spent 33 years here and died in a terrible way. And we wonder, maybe I, don't, maybe I don't have to have thoughts like this, but I wonder what he thought of coming to this world and the condition of it. And it's, it seems like it just gets worse by the day. Coming from eternity the glory and the beauty of heaven and being one with God and being God and coming to this world it's like, it's like being thrown into a, into a cesspool probably but he loved us he went back to, the heavenly, to his heavenly father he sits on the right hand of God those men that stoned Stephen and they were so sure of what they were doing he says like Jesus Father forgive them they know not what they're doing Stephen had a love for those men and he had a love for Saul who became Paul who was holding their garments This is glorifying God. That's one example, and there are many. Stephen says just before he dies, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And I think those men that stoned him including Saul who held their, their coats they could not help but know something about the living God and quite a bit about the living God mostly the love of the living God
So we speak as the ability that God has given us, each of us. And we pray, as the word says, that if Shane mentioned yesterday, that if if someone is able to or can or whatever, we pray that it says it says the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. That God would bless that in their lives. God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Shall we close with a benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.